And then this past weekend, yesterday, was the, the final run of Louisville's Funniest. Um, yeah, and uh, I didn't win. <laughs> um, they didn't recognize talent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some really good people, but I also didn't bring my A game. And it, it is such a, again, art. It's a sensitive art. And I'm trying to like think like, wh- what could I have done differently? Where could I have connected a bit more? Um, but um, yeah, like I, I think one of the thing was like I changed my opening, and I think it was because I was a bit nervous. I was gonna go with the new opening that addresses directly the fact that I'm the only Asian there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how they would take it. My opening was gonna be like, yes, I'm your token Asian, so this doesn't become another Golden Globe fiasco. Um, but I don't know if they would get that reference. And so I, I switched it back to, um, something that always landed well, but again, but all of that rethinking, I think has already got me in my head and mm. I don't think I was there as I should have, but any case, yeah. <laughs> what was the golden globe fiasco? Oh, this was like maybe two, three years ago where they found out that, uh, all the nominees were white, and then all the uh, people who made the decision were white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I Isn't think that every year. year? <laughs> it might be every year. You're right, but maybe that's the year that kind of it got into the news, where it became something to talk about. So the year oh. after they shut it down, and then the year after that, when they reopened it. The host was a, a black comic. Uh, actually, uh, Jerry Carmichael. Okay. Jerry Carmichael. He did a, he did he oh, hosted okay. the Golden Globe. Mm. And like one of the best line over there was like, I'm the most unfireable person. <laughs> so, <laughs> that year, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. I thought there was an Asian American somewhere that, that hosted or like said something. Might have, maybe later. But, uh, oh, you mean from my set? My, uh, yeah, 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 but um, well, clearly, <laughs> I don't watch these things, so I'm not not with it with pop culture. Yeah, I'm well, I, yeah, I didn't watch it, but it was big in American news. Like you cannot escape that. Like, mm. yeah, this is uh, you know, and then it became another uh, at least like you know cultural win for diversity, right? Mm. Uh, and it's an easy win in some sense. Like, hey, okay. Yeah. It looks like it's a big change, but it's really mm. not. I know mm-hmm. system structures change. It's just a ceremony, it's a show. Mm. I think there was a bit about, I, th- I thought you may have been referring to, I think Matt Damon presented the award to an Asian American actor, actress, and he had a history of being, of um, physical abuse to some Asian Americans when really? he was younger. Yeah, so I saw news articles about that, but it's probably right. a random algorithm thing. And obviously he was like, oh, I was a, a raging teenager and I've obviously grown up and it's not a, it's not a yeah. thing. Like, I don't hate Asian Americans or anything. <laughs> but <laughs> they're just like, why do they let choose him of all people to present the award? I think that was, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I was uh, depressed last night, but that's how it goes. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Was no. it last night? Yeah, it was last night. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, you could say that you did it. You know, you got to the final. I That's got to something. the finals. Yeah. 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 A lot yeah. of people didn't. So. Right. Yes. Yeah. I must pop myself out of my depression. <laughs> <laughs> you did well. <laughs> Thank you. You did well. Yeah. Oh. Uh. <sighs> <laughs> deep sigh <laughs> uh, there will be more of these there we go so, yes yeah there's always more mm-hmm. mm. so what about you like okay so interviewing that's exhausting you're being there feeling a little lonely Do you, you uh, a, childhood, a childhood friend of mine is here and i'm buddies with a colleague um so on friday i went to the oxford wine festival got drunk <laughs> tiny yes. little samples but i'm just lightweight and then on saturday i went down to beach town two hours away by train because it was the 
they kept saying it's the last sunny summerish mm. day that we'll have this year. So the thing is, everybody yes. else had the same idea as I did. Uh, okay. So it was a very packed train there and back, and I couldn't even see the beach. It was tense. People set up tents all over the no beach. Way. Every square meter was like a baby was there or someone was lying down. So uh, it was like, yeah, too no crowded. Not that day, no. Uh -uh. Yeah. <laughs> but oh well. <laughs> uh -huh. At least I could tick off another city off, off the list. There we go. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds fun. What is getting drunk for you, Joy? It's just when you feel... Well, I started to feel sleepy. <laughs> then you're and drunk. I kind of... Yeah, I stare into space and I don't want to be there anymore. So, oh, okay. That's not a fun yeah. drink. No. <laughs> I just want to leave. <laughs> it's not how I was when I was younger, but now I'm just like, okay. I need to leave. <laughs> just want to go home and crash. Yeah. Yeah, because it makes me feel sick. Oh, it was that that drunk. You almost you feel like you would want to throw up. You... Um. Yeah, if I had a bit more, probably. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's. Not but it doesn't mean that I can't walk in a straight line. It just feels super acidic in your stomach. Uh -uh. Uh. It's just one of those things where it's like you know it's not going to go down well for your stomach. Okay. You're like okay. ah, but this time it'll be different. Which is a sign of insanity, right? You keep doing things that <laughs> <laughs> you know won't end well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But anyway, the whole thing was very enjoyable. They had new old, new world wines, old world wines. Um, I tried Georgian wine. I tried Czech wine. And Brazilian yes. wine was there. It was, yeah, from all over. And uh, did you have a favorite? And were you able to kind of taste the difference and even describe the difference yeah some of them are really really different like there was one that tasted and smelled like earth it wasn't even minerally it was just like it was like drinking a mouthful of dirt so oh, i was like okay. what is this and somebody really loved it so you know there's something for everyone <laughs> that's not my favorite yeah maybe that person grew up eating dirt as a kid <laughs> brings back fond childhood memories. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, there's some there were some good ones from places you don't expect. Yeah. Sounds like you're living the life. <laughs> Getting sick of wine. <laughs> uh, May the freedom to get drunk. <laughs> you can drink at home, right? I guess at home after the kids are asleep and I can't get drunk drunk though like I still have to mm. wake up at 6.30 and drive them to school <laughs> mm -hmm. so, kids you, you had the freedom without kids uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that anymore <laughs> you don't remember I don't that's remember not possible that. when was I ever single or even without kids <laughs> uh, the tyranny of the present yeah yeah. We have short term. We all have short term memory. So. Yeah. 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 Anyway, you recommended Norm Macdonald's Hitler's yeah. Dog Did Gossip and Trickery. So I watched most of it. Okay. I unfortunately fell asleep for the last ten minutes. <laughs> okay. So does that uh, mean it wasn't good? Or no, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Okay. But it was sort of middle-of-the-road comedy. Okay. Yeah. Why did you recommend it, or what, what made you choose it to watch? So I think I recommended it because the same reason why I uh, recommended Judah Friedlander. It's not the type of comedy that I usually watch. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, I mean, I grew up with like well dave Chappelle, and i've watched many of his stuff and then um like again jerry carmichael kind of artistic type of take and they have he has a, like a real clear theme 
that he wants to, you know, he has a journey that he wants to take you. And I mean, think about it, like, again, that he would reveal <laughs> that he's homosexual in a show. That takes a lot of guts, but also a lot of planning, right? Um, but with, again, Judah Freelander, the black and white, like you were mentioning, you don't see the audience, you're right there, almost claustrophobic. And then the way he delivers it is so dry, and he, uh, nor, um, nor McDonald, right? Um, and then he, it's, it's just him with the mic and he doesn't move around and, uh, he takes long premises and he, he always approaches it in a, like a way that most comics I know of doesn't approach like this whole subject of, well, like in Hitler's dog, right. Um, and the asphyxiation, autoerotic. <laughs> Um, and then how he talks about like, uh, we don't know, you know, whatever happens at the end, but I know what happens like right after the end, <laughs> you get found, uh, you know, and, and those things are like, oh, yeah, you, for me, like, oh, I never thought of, well, I never thought about actually auto-erotic asphyxiation, but, you know, that when, when we die, what, how we are found and how people remember us, that's something that's universal i think so it's interesting how he brings this kind of strange eroticism into a universal experience we're all gonna die how do you want to be found and do we have have a choice actually right so so those are the reasons i'm trying to remember what he said about the note it was like just just leave a more serious note or something right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like... i gotta remember but you're right <laughs> And his delivery too. Yeah. What about his delivery? Yeah, it's just like a, a little bit like a uncle who has some crazy thoughts and he's just spewing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 a again unique delivery. Uh, and and so you you find even funny like these observations that lead to the punchline. Even those are funny. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny for his age and uh, background. Okay. Yeah. Don't you think? Like, What do you mean by that? Like for his age and his background? I mean, a 20-year-old talking about hanging yourself and death and sexual undertones. Or what is it? Erotic asphyxiation. I think it would just sound different. Because this huh. person's closer to death. This person... Huh might have contemplated you know when they had their midlife crisis or something yeah. it just sounds like something they would have that's interesting. closer to them <laughs> yeah 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 you're right yeah makes sense yeah like the topics are all not something i think a younger comic would talk about i guess mm. like the ten commandments maybe uh-huh or like the historic one with George Washington, I think, with an axe. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's an honest guy. Like, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be so obvious. Why are we praising that virtue? <laughs> mm. Then mm. axe. Yeah, the child with an axe. <laughs> yeah, that is true. The vantage point, right? An age is a vantage point, and. Yeah, and the score as well. When um, he likes the president jokes, um, Lincoln says four score and seven or something instead of eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wants to use <laughs> like, that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to bring the score back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, that's right. And that could only work because he looks like an uncle mm. uh, who's kind of reminiscent for the old times. <laughs> because if this yeah. one is like way back, even before his own time. Mm. Um, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Mm. So even though it's not like personal, personal materials, I don't think he does a lot of like personal narrative jokes. But yet, his perspective is part of the setup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the way he dressed, obviously, it's That's like true too. It's kind of like the. <laughs> 
I mean, the suit, but sneakers, you know? He wore sneakers? Yeah, he, wrote, he wore yeah. sneakers. So he's like serious, but the not-so-serious uncle. <laughs> he's the business right. casual uncle. That's right, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. He, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I, I hadn't really thought of that, but he, did, he barely moved. I was sort of struck by his hand movements, I guess because he didn't move anything else. Uh, struck by kinda, his hand movement. It was just sort of awkward, and he felt like Trump. Like, he has um. all the elements. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Stiff hand gestures, and like, his face barely moves. <laughs> Older yeah. white kind You're of right. guy. Right. I don't know. The, right. the formal suit kind of reminded me okay. obviously uh, yeah i mean better looking and and more normal looking obviously but yes 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 that's so yeah. fascinating the vibes that one gives yeah but i wonder if you're sitting in the audience and the person doesn't move an inch <laughs> isn't that weird right I know there are co comics who are constantly moving, frenetic, mm -hmm. and that tires me out. But mm -hmm. he's in the opposite end where he just stays in one place. That doesn't mean he never takes the mic out of the mic stand. Mm -hmm. And actually, the, the, for this uh, Louisville's Funniest contest, right? So it, it should be three rounds, right? The first round, semifinal, and the finals. Like all three rounds, I did it with the uh, mic on the mic stand mm. uh, before i would take the mic out and i realized that once i take the mic out like i'm not moving a lot but i'm always leaning forward with the mic in your hand yeah i'm le leaning forward to the audience and then one comic said you know actually if you want to bring them in you have to kind of lean back like oh, you have to bring them in make space right so that, that was one time I did it sitting, and I felt like surprisingly comfortable sitting. And I felt like then people were coming in, right? So my thought was like energy, energy. I have to be up there in the front. I have to be at, in the face. That's how you connect. But actually, you could also connect by sitting back. So then when I did with the uh, with the mic stand, right, and the mic on, uh, one of the things is that it frees me both hands. Mm -hmm. So actually, the hands come into play more because both hands are free. Uh, and for me, I think that was more uh, maybe automatic, maybe. Um, but it also kind of contains me. Uh, so then I feel more comfortable. Like I have to, mm -hmm. I can't move anywhere because the mic is in the mic stand and I need to be, you know, heard, audible. So I have to stay there. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I'm sharing this to say, like, yeah, I, I think the, the physical movement of the comics also plays into the premise or the or the way they connect with the audience um so i think with norm like for example like with uh jared carmichael or daniel i mean because he's sitting all the time so he's creating that i'm just with my family and so i can make this big reveal i don't think it will work if he was moving around you know with the mic yeah and i'm homosexual you like it wouldn't work I don't think. Uh, whereas with Norm, may, I, his persona is that. He doesn't move on a lot. He's very centered. Mm. And yet, crazy. <laughs> mm. and, and maybe that physical centeredness allows him to be a bit crazy, like auto-erotic <laughs> uh, asphyxiation. So, mm. yeah. He didn't seem that far out there, though. I think he could have yeah. gone further out there. He could have been crazier. Yeah. Hmm. Did I miss... Not... Huh? What did he say about Hitler's dog? Oh. Uh, so, basically, I'm trying to remember here. Um, actually, let me just put this up here. Uh, what do you say about the dog? I will remember his... 
I am not quite sure exactly what he said about the dog, but I do know here the way he closed the end, right? Like he goes like this, right? He goes, uh, that wouldn't work. I would be fucked, but I'll be goddamn if I'm going to end a special talking about Hitler. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. End a special. I'm going to call my special Hitler's dog. <laughs> okay. I think with the dog, it might be just saying that uh, he's as evil as we use Hitler. At you know, Hitler, like oh, it's another Hitler. We use him to kind of argue about the slipper slope towards evil, and Hitler as the ultimate evil. But then he had a dog. And he liked the dog, so there's still humanity in it. Um, I think that's where he was going. But I, I like the way he ends the fact that. Oh man, I don't know how to end. I don't want to talk end with Hitler, but that, so I'm gonna say Hitler's dog, and then that's just special, mm. which is kind of like a the whole the whole show is a joke. So that was I, I thought it was yeah yeah yeah. I guess it captured it's like a dark joke, dark humor. Yes, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Hitler's dog. Yeah. He was vegetarian as well, which is so weird. Really, he vegetarian? I think so. I think he loved animals too much. <laughs> just not the human animal. Wow. Just double check. I did Sorry. not know. That yep, was uh. vegetarian. Yeah, he went on a meat free diet in 1938. He was put on it by doctors, but then he was interested in it. Something like that. Strange. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about it, but okay. I, I came across that fun fact. Uh, well, here, here it is. I think it's mm -hmm. also another part about the dog is that, and I'm just seeing this here, uh, is that actually dog loves people, and that at least Hitler's dog loved Hitler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh, uh, the one love of his life, <laughs> his dog. Well, well, I do want to like for you say it's like kind of the middle of the road. What's that mean for you? Like, so what did you enjoy, or, or and what were you thought like wasn't as good or not as funny? So I guess the the crazier bits that you mentioned are totally offset by the triangular sandwiches. I was like, what are you on about? Uh... <laughs> what? You wanted triangular triangle sandwiches? I was like, okay. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the, also the bit with a child with an axe. He said that the bit that bothered him was not the child with an axe, but it was that the child said, I can't lie. <laughs> yes, it was me who, who chopped down the cherry tree. I cannot lie or something. And he was like, yeah. you can't lie? I was like, that's the that's how you're gonna end this joke with you saying you're scared by how this person says they can't lie. <laughs> so yeah, they're a bit and like the bit about desserts, I really like that one. Okay. Where it's like waiters come and they have such sexual undertones oh, how yes. they offer you desserts yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yes. Which is funny and then it kinda dragged on for a while with the, his blowjob hand gestures oh. because people were laughing I think he kept going yeah. and he kept doing it over um. and over and I was like come on <laughs> I was like just move on <laughs> this is so fascinating so like at what point did his gesture feel like too long well maybe probably the third time he did it or something okay I see and it's and also something that all the comedians, it's like the low-hanging fruit, you know, to joke fruit, about yes. blowjobs, uh -huh. you know. So I was like, yes. oh, okay, I like the, that he says, you know, the, which I don't think is super original either, that the waiters have this sort of way of asking you for dessert that's so <laughs> sexual. Um, and then he's suddenly blowing the waiter and he's like, wait, that's not what I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> And then that was funny until he he kept doing the motion. I was like, mm. uh. yeah. So I guess that's the thing where 
you kind of don't know if the crowd keeps laughing. You know, you keep going with it until, like, when exactly do you end that bit, mm. I guess? Mm. I don't yeah. know. Does that happen with you? I haven't done a long enough set to know. Mm, okay. Um, so, it again, five minutes and several times at the ten minutes. So, usually I'm trying to say, you know, these are the things. Like, five minutes is definitely way too short for any sets to breathe. Because uh, you, I'm not a one-liner person, so, um, so I'm. If anything, like I move on too fast, and I don't take the necessary pauses before the punchline or after the punchline. Um, yeah, but I also am a little bit still too much in my head at times. I, I have to be in the moment to really understand or see what the audience is doing. I, I'm not there yet. I don't think. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, what you're saying it fascinates me because I feel like you are aware so much about what a joke does. How do you mean? I, I mean, like, so. yeah, even now, like you're saying, you know, like maybe a bit too long. Uh, and then there was another previous observation that you just made. Um, His hand gestures? Right, the hand gestures. Um, and then, oh, oh, you were saying about the... Uh, dessert the having triangle. sex on the tones. Oh. Yeah, triangle. And that, yeah, that um, is like expected, not not a insightful joke. Is that you use another phrase for that? Um, so tell me, like, why you think that's like uh, like uh, that's sort of expected, too common? Like, is it because you heard similar jokes or the concept of dessert having sex on tones is kind of prevalent and you've heard it in other contexts oh I don't, i'm not sure but i mean just putting something sexual into something is uh, okay no i guess i guess no it was fun maybe i haven't heard that before i'm not really sure yeah. i can't really recall but but there were like I'm sorry. No. What? No, I was like, I, as you are listening, there are some things that you, that you say, like, "Oh, that's that's funny," and that's insightful. Oh, that's I expected that. Is that how you respond to some of the bits as you hear? No, it's just because I'm talking to you about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't reflect about it automatically. I'm just like, that wasn't funny. <laughs> so that was you just bad. you just move on. Okay. Didn't that? So did you laugh out loud with any of his set? You know, actually, most of the stand-ups, I hardly have a laugh out loud moments, even when they're good. Mm, okay. I, I wonder if that is because I am, you know, thinking about it as a, as a practitioner. Right? I wonder mm. if that gets in the way. Or maybe... Like, even if I wasn't practicing, if I am even in a live show, I don't know if I'm the type of person who would laugh out loud and clap my hands. Does that make mm, sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, which doesn't mean that I'm not enjoying it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. And I was like, and I realized that maybe the practitioner is getting in the way. And so even if I did stand up before I did stand up comedy, you know, I did, I preach. So I'm always thinking about uh, public speaking. Mm. I think that might get in the way, like because I realize that a lot of times when uh when I see some local comics do their stuff and they come down, like what first gets me is like you know that is a very good craft, well crafted joke, rather mm. than me saying oh that's funny. I mean, it mm. is funny is a way to say that's a well crafted joke, mm. which means I might not be enjoying it as ha ha ha, but enjoying the artistry of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess since I don't do it, I don't practice it, I don't really think too much about it. It's just, uh -huh. oh, it's boring or it's not. But I guess if you, like, actually take the time to discuss it, then it's an, uh, something else. But So did you have laugh out loud moments? No. no. That's probably why I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And maybe that's the where you measure a comedy show, right? If you more laugh out loud moments you have where you're like, you can't even control yourself, then that's a very good show because that really hits you in different levels. 
Well, I can't really remember if who was the last person that we were discussing. Judah Friedlander. Yeah, I can't remember whether or not I laughed out loud, but it was very enjoyable. I think it was a little bit brainy in a way. It was, yeah. Which is why it was more enjoyable, even if it didn't make you laugh out loud. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that's probably just based on personality. <laughs> yeah, it's just like click with you, maybe. Yeah. The jokes that make you think. Right. Yeah. So what I do like is when... Oh, I'm so bad with names. That that Asian-American comic. Ronnie Chang? Yes. Because he circles back in his joke, I think, and he re- he kind of ties the knot, ties the, the whole thing together yeah. by referring yeah. back to themes. Yeah. And then you, it makes you think, right? Oh, he mentioned yeah. this before. And then he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. So there's that kind of closure, I guess, that mm-hmm. you hadn't expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so maybe for me, anyway, when there's a bit of unexpected brilliance, it's like yes, yeah. So that unexpected brilliance is it that does it have to be funny, or it doesn't have to be that funny, but it still gives. Yeah, like this a, doesn't uh-huh. have to be that funny yeah. for me. Yeah. But it's still something that you enjoy and you yeah uh, you recognize as oh okay that that's a good mm. comedy because mm. it has okay yeah yeah I think that's just my <laughs> that's my standard but then yeah. have you ever watched Jim Gaffigan's jokes yes yeah like Hot Pockets yeah yeah I, I think I, that yeah I, if I remember correctly I think I laughed with that. <laughs> It's an yeah. It's been it's an older one, and that really kind of raised into stardom. Mm. <laughs> the hot pocket. And then for me, what I remember is like, what's so funny is that how can you go on and on of, about just that one food mm. <laughs> and keep getting like funny punchlines out of it? Um, and yeah. and then I think what he brought in. Which, which was unique was that he has that falsetto voice as the audience voice. Yes. yes. When is he gonna stop? Yeah. <laughs> uh. You know, I found that funny, and then I re- I talked to a friend who was studying theater and was doing improv as as a side thing because she yeah. enjoyed it, and she told me that is she really didn't like Jim Gaffigan because he used that fake voice to manipulate the crowd into thinking mm-hmm. what he wanted them to think. Mm-hmm. So she's like, ah, oh, he's kind of cheating. He's just mm-hmm. making you think however he wants you to think and then laugh. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it, but okay. But is that cheating itself also ingenious? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so it too. makes it funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I think one of the things that a comedy can do, right? And it, it be, like we we're talking about how even content-wise, yeah, like, you could talk about stuff like like a blowjob and all that, where you might not be able to talk about it in other forms. There's this freedom of content, but it's also uh, freedom of like f- form or meta uh, joke. Like you you can constantly be doing something different with the form mm-hmm. so whereas other forms are kind of set and even if you want to like i guess waver or try to uh do something different it can only be slightly different for example let's say with the sonnet you could surprise us by you know maybe i don't not rhyming or adding a syllable but you can't do so much because then it's it's not a sonnet anymore right or let's say a play or even a one-man show but with the comedy, you can do that where he is bringing the audience voice in. and But that then becomes comedy itself. And, and you could do like a, you know, meta joke about a joke, right? So like last, yesterday, one of the winner, and I think he's, so there was a amateur level, which I had five minutes and the semi-pro, they're the ones who get paid and there's seven minutes. And he definitely deserved it win because one of the jokes was really great was 
that he, it was a joke about how a, a white dude goes in with two black dudes into a bar and a gay duck. Right, so, and then he talks about like, oh, you guys are getting nervous. So he, now he's talking to the audience about the joke, right? And you think it's going to be a racist joke, right? Just stay with me, stay with me. And then actually the next setup is leading towards a racist type of joke. It's about a hot dog. And then the surprises, and then the two uh, black dudes say, hey, I think we're in a racist joke, and they leave. <laughs> right, uh, and then the white guy says, no, I, well, I don't want to be seen as a racist, so he leaves the joke. And so then you're stuck with the gay duck, and, and he ends it really well. I mean, I yeah, and he talks about, so there's these two hot dogs left, like the bartender's like, man, who, who's going to take this? You know, they all left. Who's going to take this? And then the duck goes, just, uh, then, you know, just leave it. At, uh, what's what's uh, the punchline? I didn't want to mess it up. But basically, he says, leave it. Um, I'll, I'll take care of it. Just leave it on my bill. So now the setup is hilarious. Yes, on my bill, right? But he's always talking with the audience saying, I know you get nervous. So stay with me. Stay with me. And, like, the unexpected is that within the joke, the people will leave because they don't want to be part of the joke but they're characters right so that's what you can do in a i think a, a comedy so all of that going back to where uh jim gaffigan using the voice falsetto voice for the voice of the audience actually you take that as wow that's pretty funny and that's part of his comedy and that's creative yeah and now no one else can do that now right because if they do that they're going to be stealing for him. It's a strange thing. Oh, you're muted. I haven't seen anything else of his come up, though. I don't know if he's still in the game or what. He's still in the game. Um... I mean, for a while, he was the biggest thing, right? He did some, he did like uh, seven months of doing a talk show. Uh, and then he had like, I think, a special by Amazon Prime. And he just recently came out with another one. But this one oh, okay. wasn't well received. Why? Uh, I, I started seeing it and I stopped. It was boring. Oh. Uh, it was a very, all the punchlines was very like it's expected uh you mm. knew where the punch was coming from and i wonder it's because like now you know his type of comedy and then he is not refreshing it enough mm. so it's now too yeah too expected no surprises mm. um so it's the newest one from amazon prime you could give it a look and let me know if you still enjoy him or not like obviously, like you haven't followed him as much as I have, so it might still be a nice and you know surprise for you. But because I've kind of followed him for a bit, I you know it's uh, you know, kind of boring and expected. And I, it's I think the title is something about darker. Like he decides to go a little darker. And for him, it's about jokes about death. So that's a little bit dark for him. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and he wears a dark suit, <laughs> so. I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe if you the further you go, maybe he does a joke about his own stuff, having that he's he is a comic about hot pockets. Now he's going to talk about real life stuff, and that's what it means to be dark. I don't know. Maybe that's where he goes. But like being honest, like I just stopped. I, it was not fun enough for me to continue on to find out. So it was just too boring. Yeah, it was just too yeah. expected. Yeah. I mean, to me, he was the food comedian, so it's a bit yeah. strange, but okay, I'll, I'll check. Yeah, I would <laughs> love to out. hear your take. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm not very excited to watch it, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it might even be better. I created low expectation. So, uh, okay. okay. I mean, I do like dark humor. Did you watch um, George Carlin's? stuff yes uh yeah. which one do uh, i basically watched youtube clips yeah, some of, sets you know yeah, yeah yeah like about talking about 
a lot of things, religion, death. um, death. Yeah. Um, what was it? Like things, stuff. I really like that. I really one. remember that. Yeah. He has a set about stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was just so clever. I didn't need yes. to laugh, but it was like, I would definitely have paid for those. Yeah. 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 Um, so, like, for him, like, he's a, well, I think for him, too, these sets that we are familiar with works because it's his, he does it as an older, at an older age, mm -hmm. right? I think most of these are when he's older, you know, white-haired, right? White beard. The stuff one, he was younger. He was a little younger? He talks about, so the joke is, it's i mean it's not really a joke but it's social commentary it's about mm -hmm. how we buy a house and then we stuff it we we fill it up with stuff and then we go on vacation and then we pack a, a bit of our stuff into a bag and we take it to a new place and then pack our stuff and then we want to go to for a weekend trip from that place so we pack an even smaller version of our stuff and then take <laughs> it with us and it's just like you know we need our stuff always kind of thing yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know it does get stuff, it does get darker and more yeah, philosophical, right. I guess, as he gets older. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because it's a it's a social commentary, but it's an insight into our human behavior, mm. right? Um, so like that's another level of expertise where, like, his bits stand alone, mm -hmm. right? Like. So, you know, you're not just talking about like, oh, he's a funny comedian. Like he has a, a bit about mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that that's another level of expertise. I mean, yeah. uh, in some sense, like his delivery makes it funny, but it could live even without the delivery. Right. Mm. So, yeah, he has that. He has about the. Uh, a while ago, like seven words uh, that's banned from TV, um, and it, it's and he goes through all the banned words, like curse words. Um, there's another one, like you, I'm not good with names. A comic who does talking about how uh, these people gathered and they were coming up with the uh, initials or uh, 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 the shorthand for the American states. Mm -hmm. um, I'll send you that bit. It's a famous one. It's one of those okay. like the kind of standing alone, like the stuff. Uh, and I think it's hilarious and insightful. And it's like, who would ever make a joke about you know, the initials, the shorthands for our states? Uh, okay. Yeah. Are there any female comics that you like? You know, uh oh. I'm a sexist. <laughs> uh, We're all a little bit racist and sexist. It's fine. Uh, no, I should watch more. And I, I feel like I blame the algorithm. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like we, we were, we've been discussing a lot of white male comics. I was like, right. uh, well, those, those are the big names, you know. Um, I like the guy that rages, the red-haired one from Massachusetts. You know, okay. a lot of them are... They're kind of the big ones in the field, I guess, in general. But oh, like Amy, Amy, oh, Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer, and who's the Asian American one that we've discussed? Oh, uh, Ali Wong. Yeah, she's Ali good. Wong. She's good. But yeah, whether that's my type of comedy, whether that's my sexism, <laughs> who knows? Uh, well, you have to be able to relate. Yeah, well, that is true. Yeah. She's constantly bashing on, I mean, okay, maybe not bashing, but there's a bit of commentary about the sexes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about you? Who are some female comics or comics of color that you enjoy? Uh... I think I've watched um, Amy Schumer, and I've also watched Taylor Tomlinson. I think I, think I tried a few different. Yeah, Taylor Tomlinson. Yeah. 
Yeah, let me see. Who have I seen? There's a one with a really kind of screechy voice. Okay, I can't find her on Netflix. Michelle Wolf, I think I've just watched clips. Oh, she's great. That's right. She's good. Mm. Yeah, I love her jokes. Taylor Tomlinson, I find also too uh, like expected. Mm. Yeah, but I I could see like the people who are drawn to her because she speaks to an audience, you know, that doesn't have. The same like representation, right? Which kind of thirties for thirties, quarter life crises, uh, mm. yeah. Mm. But really, white women, <laughs> mm. problems. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Nikki Silverman. Glazer. Oh, Nikki Glazer. Yes. Oh. Okay. She's uh, she's all about like sex, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's good. I I think, but what she comes up with, I think is. But I also wonder, like, if she. You know, she, in one sense, like I think women comics have more limitations than men comics, male comics, mm. right? Because like the persona is important in the delivery, like you were mm -hmm. saying with Norm Macdonald, because he's older, he could talk about these stuff, um, and you know, in a funny way. So because she's a woman and she's what beautiful, right? So she, in one sense, like she's kind of working with what they expect from that persona. Mm. So I think there's a lot more limitation, definitely, female comics. Yeah, it's a lot easier to tank, I think, as a woman. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I went to some stand-up show in Glasgow, and this female comic started with something about her period. We're all just like, oh, oh God, yeah. can it be any more <laughs> obvious? You know, it was just yeah. not, not funny. And I felt really bad. Yeah. I wanted to support her, but it was not funny. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of the, even local, like female comics, I, a lot of them have materials on sex. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's about a blowjob or it's about their vagina and I think you, you can do it where, like, the you know, you could do vagina jokes, but it could be subversive. But, mm. I mean, we're talking about locals who are just starting. I, I don't know if any of us are really up to that level yet, but, like, I could see, like, the limitation, like, oh, five minutes, i got to make them laugh. I'm a woman, so I, I better address that. And so mm. it's kind of limited. Um mm. But the uh, the female company that I really do enjoy uh, is also Sarah Silverman. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any of her stuff? Speck in the Dust. Talk about like, high concept. She's good. I've seen her more on SNL. I haven't okay. really seen her stand up, I think. Yeah. But doesn't she talk a lot about how she's Jewish? Yeah, she does, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, plays off again about, you know, that she's a female comic, so there's a sexual desire there, but she does it in a mm. subversive way. Um, mm. And she's, like, she takes long pauses. She takes time with a joke, which I always mm. find, uh, like, I think there's a lot more courage in that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, willing to work to the punchline, even if it takes some time, being comfortable with the silence. But but she has, she's a master at it. Mm. Uh, so speck of dust. I mean, even the title itself, right? We just okay. so it's, yeah. I think it might On be an HBO Max. Is it Netflix or HBO? I don't know. Okay. Well, if you want, we can discuss a female comic for next That's time. That's true. Yeah. Let's do that. Good. We could do Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Or, or if you have another sure. female comic. No, no, Sarah Silverman sounds good. Okay. okay. So are you done for the day? Um, yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to do any work or writing? You're going to relax? No. You're going to get, get drunk? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. No. 
I don't I I rarely drink here. Not while I'm in Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> I've already spent too much on food, so alcohol. But I'm reading this book um called The Wild Places. Huh. Oh, you can't see it. Anyway. Is it good? Just trying to work your book. Yeah. It's good. It's about somebody who's trying to find their last not uh untouched places in the UK. Wilderness, oh. which there's very little of. Okay, so it's it's not a novel. It's uh, no, it's uh, nonfiction. Nonfiction, mm. kind of a traveler's. What do they call that? It's really a like description of natural environments that this okay. person has traveled to, and I was yeah. like, I'm not going to enjoy this because it was a gift. Okay, and I don't really recognize half the species, most of the species they're talking about, birds and animals. But it's actually quite good. Strangely. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this. Did I mention this to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it still good? Um, you know, it's not good throughout. Mm-hmm. I think there are good parts to it. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's still a you know, good read. Like, you know. Is um, it originally in English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about Chinese-American author and... She, yeah, uh, she, she's a mix. Lisa C. Uh, like I think her father's white and her mom is Chinese, and she's like she writes these novels that happens across like you know historical times, and so mm-hmm. she's she weaves. Often it's all about uh, female friendships, women friends, but weaves through like how they had to survive through, you know, different historical periods that's tragic uh, and so mm. this is about that uh i guess the the, the killing of the uh, in the jeju island that uh okay now remember i did i think i mentioned that to you just spoke to you through kaka talk right yeah mm-hmm. so mm. so for me it was an eye-opener about that historical period mm. right uh and you know what's happening underground and how different actually Jeju is it's still a different society than the mainland and how that played into uh, again the, the right-wing police uh being very violent and vicious with people in Jeju and, and uh and he she does weave the friendship story well enough I, I, I always moved at the end uh, so yeah <laughs>